Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 418, and today we'll be talking about Cursed and Fiddle Me This from Amphibia. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So Cursed brings back that sweetheart Maddie and finally talks Sprig into breaking up with her, but he can only break up with her by text, which in the world of Amphibia is a paper airplane with a note on it. <laughs> and uh, they believe that they are cursed by her, but it turns out to be Barry who cursed them, someone who they ran into uh, quite literally at the market. Maddie helps them get uncursed, and uh, all is right in the world. <laughs> My summary was, Sprig learns being awkward is okay, but that the real consequences in life come from trusting candy men. And I stick by that. <laughs> uh... <laughs> As for Fiddle Me This, Amphibia's Got Talent comes into town, and Hop Pop, seeing mansions and financial stability in their future, <laughs> pushes Sprig a little bit too hard to win, but uh, they end up do winning at the, at the cost of almost being eaten by a bat, but they decide to turn that down because Sprig is quite happy with his life, just the way it is. <laughs> My summary was... Hot Pop accepts his death knowing that Sprig is okay with mediocrity as long as they're together. <laughs> you should write you should write episode summaries for TV Guide. <laughs> I think both of my summaries involved summarizing the ending of the episodes, but uh <laughs> Yeah. Now, I, I cannot speak for how easy it was to see cursed go out because you know as a as a fan of maddie i i had to know how this episode went before i watched it i've known for months the summary of this episode but for fiddle me this they they laid it out all nice and easy in a such bright glowing colors that even gc13 could see oh oh, they're setting that up so that will be the real end of the talent show but they did they did get me i did not think I'm still not learning that they love to call back so that I did not think that the bat would come back. But as soon as the bat did come back, I'm like, oh, so that's how Polly is going to sing. <laughs> yeah, you're like, why did they introduce the ghostly whale from Danny Phantom <laughs> in this episode? But it did have did have a purpose. You know, it is funny that they have the ghostly whale back, but uh, just uh, only a few hours before I watched this, I was talking about crossing over Dan versus with Danny Phantom. And uh, if he got ghost powers, Dan would basically be Dark Danny, so... Well, yeah, Polly got uh, a moment to experience the same. It's funny that you can introduce something like this that actually, you know, in the first instance that she screams law, it could just be seen as a joke and an exaggeration, you know, that birds are falling out of the sky, things are breaking <laughs> apart. But um, But no, I mean, it has the real effect of Sprig getting saved, so this is a real capability she has that she does not use later (laughs) sure why not Eh. and then of course mayor toadstool is a very petty man (laughs) i uh i love that it's when the newtopians come in that they can just completely dismiss him and you know shoot him off stage but you know am i glad for him that he got a moment in the end to feel a little bit of revenge uh you know i don't know good for him i guess I, the new to- these Newtopians seemed all right, you know, minus the fact that they just show up in towns and disrupt the you know local power balance and throw people around. Yeah, it's fine. I liked the the gold statues yeah. <laughs> that they're going to use to get their house back. How how expensive 
were those groceries? Or is this going to be like that? They had the spitting contest trophy backup. They wanted us to remember. I think it's so funny that um, the house falls apart all the time. And, you know, even in this episode, their door falls down and or in the previous episode, <laughs> the door falls down and yeah. Hop Hop's like, I'll fix it eventually. And we see him trying. So, like, you know, they're constantly able to um, deal with that. Yet just and buying groceries is enough of a reason to spend the entire gold trophy. Uh, it's just funny. You know, well, Anne is a teenager. <laughs> they have very big appetites. You know, they got their growing bodies. I yeah, it's just funny what is allowed to disrupt the status quo and what isn't. Like Steven Universe, as a show, said, "Yeah, we can make Greg rich and also make it not really that consequential to the show." <laughs> this is just so really funny decision. No, well, Greg's a hippie. What do you want from him? Look at that hair. But I should. It's funny watching an episode of amphibia and not realizing that every moment really is you know telegraphing or gonna be relevant to something later in the episode so you know yeah. a throwaway line like i mortgage the house will if not have an impact you know in a later episode we'll have it by the end they're gonna call back to it in another joke yeah so i mean very rewarding uh, <laughs> and oh my gosh, these both these episodes were, um, I mean, they were just throwing all the comedic punches. I really enjoy when they're writing the episodes pretty much just to make us laugh, which Cursed especially was like that. Just watching Anne try to explain to Sprig how breaking up by text works and Sprig just, you know, optimistically and happily accepts it saying like, yay, now we're both cowards. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. And then the way that they kept revealing Anne, you know. In the progression of her curse, I love that she was, for no reason, reading a newspaper just because people pulling down a newspaper and showing their face is a funny way <laughs> to do a yes. reveal. Like, you know, I, I think that's hilarious. I like that. What, you got a better way to eat ants off the floor? Yes. That's an ending. Well, and see, that's such a well-written episode because they're like, they make the episode so tight that they have five seconds left over. To just spend Sprig walking down the stairs and then finding Anne in the middle of the night eating ants. <laughs> like, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, you, you have to give that moment some time to breathe. Because you think it's going to be like Maddie or something. But you know, <laughs> especially the way she said, I can't wait to hang out later. <laughs> right. It's awesome to spend all that time just to make a joke. Because, you know, the story is incredibly simple. Like, they just go and curse the guy that cursed them. And, uh, you know, Sprig becomes friends with Maddie, which it's funny that Maddie's like, you know, don't judge book by its cover. You know, I'm not that creepy. I use my magic for good. But then when Sprague says, you know, let's be friends, she pulls him in close. <laughs> it's like threatens to yeah. hang out with him. So it's cute. I Maddie is really like, is she doing this on purpose? Because she's always like super duper creepy. And then like, okay, yeah, I can help you get uncursed. And then she's normal for a while and then go right back into creep mode. Yeah, it's it's a theme. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's her gimmick. It's like, yeah. uh, you have the goth kids, you have the, the creeper. Yeah. I mean, did she really only learn magic to help people, though? Like, it doesn't seem like she's exclusively using it uh, to make the world better. Like, she seems to get some sort of mm. personal sick satisfaction sometimes out of doing things off in the corner, but who knows? I mean, it, I don't think we see her doing anything ever legitimately bad or dangerous. And in this episode, she pretty much says that she has an opinion on people who abuse magic, so that's good. You hex people, she hexes you right back. It's funny how magic is treated in this show, too, because uh, 
and you know, Anne remarks like, "This is a thing," and Hop Hop's like, "Yeah, we have many arts, including the dark arts." <laughs> and uh, but like as the show progresses, magic isn't really used by the evil forces or anything. Um, it really leans more on science. No, they have armies. What do they need wizards for? Yeah, it's just funny. It's kind of like, I don't know. There's different ways to use magic, right? You could eventually make magic not even real like they did in Steven Universe, right? Like, there isn't really magic in Steven Universe. Just sufficiently advanced technology. Right, or like you can have magic play an increasingly interesting and philosophical role like it did in Adventure Time. But it's pretty subdued as just an aspect of, what you know, like, well, if I have a medieval-ish world, then I guess I should have magic. Although Amphibia's world becomes increasingly not that way. And is there because of magic? So you have to have some magic existing in that world for it to make sense? Well, you know, we're not there yet. And I mean, it's never that heavily explained, but Anne is not really there by magic. Hmm. So. Fascinating. So. (laughs) Buckle in! (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm, I am buckled up, sir. I am buckled up. Right. It's not a. It's not a. It's not like the Owl House. Like all of this stuff is very uh, intentional. That that magic box is not. There you go. That's the big secret, GC. I've let it out. The the the. the you just called it a magic box, which is what I would have called it. I, <laughs> I if, mean, if you accidentally let something box. slip, it went. Yeah. Yeah. It went right box. over my head. Actually, there's, it's, oh my goodness, you're not even ready. I know what what it's called. You're not even ready. It's important that it's a music box. It's great. I can't handle the truth. Okay, got it. Anyway, have we talked about Hop Hop's vision of his death? Because it was awesome. (laughs) I I, I couldn't get over the fact that in in his vision of death, uh, Anne is like his nurse. (laughs) Yeah, stop pushing him around. Everybody's the same age. But he looks like. You know, horrifically wrinkled and absolutely on the verge of, you know, his last breath, (laughs) which he finds so peaceful. Well, like you said, David, everyone's the same age. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Should I go get help? It's like, nope. (laughs) I I was very proud of Anne uh, that she managed to successfully do a costume. I thought after she had to throw away that one horrific attempt that it, they were they were just going to go costumeless. I mean, so was Sprig, like the costume was pretty cool. And I mean, Hop Hop pushed him really hard, but it seemed like the performance up until the, the, the bat tried eating him was actually pretty enjoyable. Oh yeah, they were eating that up. Yeah, but like even, I mean, I don't know. I guess Sprig probably still would have been mad about how far he got pushed, but it seemed like yeah. really the bat is what put him over. Like, and that was a complete accident and not even really Hop Hop's fault, so I don't know. Yeah, like the, the bat might have come and eaten him if he had just been having fun. I, I don't think that's the... I don't know. I, I guess you could say that in that situation, a person would be upset about almost getting eaten, even if it wasn't the fault of the person who they were already upset at. Yeah. Truth in television, perhaps? Well, oh my gosh. Children's television is always very, you know, it's always sweet, right, you know, and love is pure, etc. But there's just something so, so real and so nice about Sprig, you know, telling Hop Hop that his life is great with Hop Hop in it. And he's not worried about his future. And then you see Hop Hop just 
Oh, the, the, the happy tears in his eyes. Yeah, I love it when they draw Hop Hops, you know, <laughs> welling, ridiculously happy, you know, but nearly mournful <laughs> puppy dog eyes. You know, we we talk about we we talk about them setting things up and then using them again. Like I didn't expect that they would use the bat again after setting it up. I thought, oh yeah, that's just amphibia being amphibia. But there is one thing they set up. Sprig does not know what jealous cute looks like. And then now that I'm thinking retrospectively, maybe they could have called that back, but they didn't. <laughs> I uh, I mean, I it was an amazing joke though. Like. I don't, it's not the what look he pulls off on stage either. He just goes for normal, you know, some normal version of cute. Or if that was jealous cute that he finally did on the stage, I sure don't recognize it either. <laughs> but he hit him with Magnum, obviously. Yeah, there that that was actually a really funny joke. There's like another TV series I love called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where like the creator was talking about like uh, it's a like very musical show and their their songs keep having different versions of like different ideas of sexy like everyone thinks sadness for some reason is sexy or like depression is sexy or something (laughs) it seems like that same essence was captured here it's like no matter what emotion you're expressing it's still cute (laughs) you know feels like exactly the type of thing you'd be telling a child star oh my goodness okay now i want to go back to cursed a little bit because I i don't know i just loved the voice that barry had it was like is that Chusco? crossing over. It just is so much Chusco's in there. Yes, I was going to say it was like crossing over King Candy from Wreck It Ralph, but with a little bit of Chusco's in there. Yeah, I mean, until like I, I felt like the voice was familiar, but now that I'm thinking Chusco's, like I don't know, is that the same voice actor? I looked it up. He doesn't have Chusco's in his credits. That's that's pretty crazy. But has he? acted for anything else before yeah he's been around he has a fair few uh animation and film credits Let's see. unfortunately not rick at ralph not adventure time oh wow he's in a ton of anime anime that's that's wild that's a huge list but i don't think i recognize any of his like american animation credits so i mean good job hilarious voice amazing yeah but it was a, it was a very good voice reminded me of some very good characters and the fact that he made me think of King Candy so much. Anyone who's watched Wreck-It Ralph, of course, knows that King Candy is bad news, so. Oh my gosh, he's in, like, every video game, too. Like, literally, like, everything. Like, Nintendo games, Kingdom Hearts games, like, all these Fire Emblem games. This dude is a master voice actor. That's, like, kind of the impressive thing. It's, like, a voice actor who you don't even recognize has been in all of these things. Because they're so good. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is with most of them. They're just workhorses, you know? Yeah, jeez. Like, he he was in the Elder Scrolls Five. <laughs> oh, who'd he play? Uh, Nazim? Savos Aaron? <laughs> he was Nazim? Oh, oh, I love him even more. I mean, that's pretty wild. I mean, he was in Danganronpa. I bet you Sprig and Ann don't get up to the Cloud District often. He was Lex Luthor in Batman Arkham Knight. Okay, that's, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say I I kind of wished for different on their magical fight, but I loved how Maddie solved the problem. I I loved her win there. 
that showed her superior magical <laughs> skills. Well, the best part is that I think they came up with the chicken design first <laughs> because it's really funny. Uh, and then they separated those elements out and gave Sprig the eyebrows and Anne the bird curse. That was, that was pretty great. Which made me think of Margaret, like, just constantly. Margaret from regular show? I mean, it definitely had a, like, something about that Regular beak show vibe. Just looks exactly like regular show. Yeah, I really expected her to say something <laughs> to emulate that. Now we just need to get Anne telling Sprig to kick someone in the junk. <laughs> I, I just love how the curse basically the whole time for her was actually kind of not a curse. And then I love that she brought it up when she, you know, waved goodbye to her <laughs> bird friend who made a permanent nest <laughs> in her hair, which is a hilarious quality of, you know, her actual normal hair and not so much I would have a, something I would have associated with her becoming a bird, <laughs> which makes it, you know, birds typically don't rest in other birds' heads, <laughs> but her hair does normally look like a nest. Well, if she was a big bird and the other dude was yellow like Big Bird. Yeah. Food for thought. I'm kind of surprised Anne actually ate that lollipop. Because I'm like, oh, there are bugs in that one. And then I see Sprig holding both the lollipops. And I'm like, oh, well, obviously Anne would not want the lollipop. And then she does take the lollipop because she gets cursed. I it Hasn't she already commented that she likes bugs? Like she's okay with eating bugs and food now? She's she's pretty acclimated at this point. I don't know. At Bizarre Bizarre, she wasn't into any of that, so... Well, except that she's still eating ants fully reverted at the end, so I don't know. Well, the, the joke is a lingering effect of the curse, I believe. No, I think the joke is she should definitely be over it, but she realized she kind of liked how ants tasted. <laughs> I think she's still. No, that that worm disgusted her. I I thought that after that she was gonna make some line about like, oh well, at least I can eat the bugs around here now. But it's like, uh, this is terrible. It's a funny creature. I don't know how long she's been here now. I, I think it's surely been at least a month. I think by the time that the winter is over, it's only been like three months total before they get to leave the valley. So, but she becomes accustomed to eating. Somewhat quickly, because, yeah, I mean, better. Hop Hop can't make pizza every time, you know? It's kind of dangerous to get. Yeah. Ascot's Unlimited. I, uh, you, <laughs> you know, when I saw him going into Ascot's Unlimited, I thought, like, there was even odds that he was there to steal Ascot's on the grounds that, you know, it's like buffet rules. You said they're unlimited! <laughs> yeah, that, that I guess that could have gone either way. He can only afford four <laughs> 90% off Ascot's. Right, which I... <laughs> the way he's like only four this time it's like he somehow needs an annual supply of ascots like do those things get worn out quickly or something <laughs> i don't know i think the man's just an addict <laughs> yeah hilarious because it always seems like they're, sometimes they're like very dirt poor you know i guess it just depends on how good the stand did that week they have lots of family heirlooms they could be selling in the in their basement. Yeah. You know, they've already figured that out. But I'm pretty sure there was a lot of, like, outright treasure in that one. Yeah. And it's funny because they haven't forgotten about that. Like, that will come back eventually. So, you know, presumably they could have just used the treasure. But, uh, you know, there's lots of things that logically they could have done. I mean, also, like you said, the gold trophy they win. Definitely seems to be worth more. Probably worth more than the house. Unless it's just like gold plated. I don't know. Maybe. That that might be why Toadstool wasn't ripping their legs off to get it. <laughs> I, I don't know. He was pretty focused on his petty revenge at that point. Yeah. 
I'm still reading the Wikipedia page on on Keith Silverstein. Like it's blowing my mind how many games he was in alone. Anyway, <laughs> oh yeah, I I had the same the same thought when I looked at the credits for the creators of The Ghost and Molly McGee. It's like they've been everywhere. They've done everything. They even did an episode of The Secret Saturdays. I mean, he's been in every major everything like he's been in naruto he's been in one punch man as far as i'm assuming these are all the dubs like sailor moon like the original and sailor moon crystal he's been around (laughs) yeah and like games going all the way back to like soul caliber and like earlier resident evil games like in the mid 2000s so i mean he's vector the crocodile in the ongoing sonic the hedgehog series which i didn't realize (laughs) is still going since 2010 is that true i guess there's been like Uh... I don't, I don't know who he's playing. Maybe vectors and various things. I can't even remember that crocodile. Is that the crocodile with like the chain? He's the one with Charmy and then the other hedgehog looking guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I played, I played a game, a Sonic game with them in it and it was like teams of three and you can use each, each different character has their own thing that they do for the team. I mean, it's probably the gold chain, but vector just looks like so much a part of the like mascot 3d platforming era <laughs> it's just yeah like it could have been in any of those like a more successful blinks yeah man i want vector for smash please how is he not there hmm. i don't know i think cream the rabbit is really more their uh more their speed she can hang out with isabelle oh <laughs> All right. Well, so yeah, these episodes were great, and we definitely reached the end yep. of that. <laughs> I was I was so happy to see Maddie back. Yeah, Maddie's a great character. She 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 puts. I, I'm I'm going to go with she puts on an act. That's my excuse for fun. Yeah, for fun, just to scare the normies, you know. Yeah, you got to find out who's who's real. You know, the cool kids like to go and freak out squares, and she likes to freak out the normies. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Cursed and Fiddle Me This. Join us next week. I don't think we'll be getting up to the season finale of The Owl House, but we're almost there. Until then, though, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you leave reviews. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.